Hello, and welcome back to the First Issue Club podcast, the weekly podcast that covers, well, first issues, uh, among other things. Uh, I am your, well, this week, lonely host, Greg Lichtai. Uh, with me usually is my buddy Mike D, my other buddy Andy Vargas, but uh, they are MIA this week. Um, will they come back next week? I don't know. I guess it depends on how well this show uh, goes that I'm hosting currently. Um, you guys are in for a real treat. Um, you are about to hear the ramblings of a madman uh, left to his own devices and recording equipment. Um, Mike D gave me the passwords to all of the uh, podcasting stuff that we need to do to post this episode to Spotify and um, uh, Apple and all that. So um, even they don't know what I'm going to say. And to be completely honest, I don't even know what I'm about to say. Um it was a big week in comic books. Uh, it was a big week in the world, I guess. I don't know. Maybe something cool happened to somebody out there, um, and it changed their world. I'm sure it did. world's big. Uh, my world is big. Your world is big. Um, we're already off to a great start. Um, so let's just get into it. Um, welcome. Strap in. It's going to be a wild ride. Before we get any further into the show, let's do some house cleaning stuff uh patreon you like them we have them go to patreon.com slash first issue club we have videos there we have bonus episodes we have articles we have just fun stuff that we like to put over there that is a little looser than the main episode maybe not this episode because i don't have anyone to really rein me in or um stop me when i start to go on on a tangent about absolutely nothing um so you're kind of getting a taste of what the Patreon is now, except it's just uh, me. There's other voices besides the ones that are uh, in my head. Um, anyway, Patreon, go there. You know you want to. Uh, we have a First Issue Club hotline. What is the hotline you are probably asking yourselves? That's a great question. It's something that you can call or text if you have a question or a comment or uh, you want to give us a, a review uh, via your voice or your text, um, that number is 816-579-1734. We did a couple on this week's Patreon. Someone asked uh, if we were worried of the rising popularity of manga in the comic book community. And the other question was who would win in a... Or no, it wasn't who would win. It was who was the best kisser between... Etrigan the Demon, and uh, the Violator from the Spawn comics. So if you want to hear my personal opinions on both of those subjects, head over to patreon.com slash firstissueclub uh, and where you'll hear all of that uh, fun jargon. Uh, we have every social media you can possibly imagine. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, yada, yada, yada. If you want to follow us um, there, Guard ahead, just at First Issue Club. Um, we are talking comic books. We're talking nonsense. It's a lot of fun. If you want a more uh, personal approach to Twitter, in my humble opinion, we have a First Issue Club Discord. It is a fucking blast over there. So if you want, uh, find the link on all of our socials to join the Discord um, and say hello to other First Issue Club nerdos. We're there, hanging out, talking, you know, whatever. Uh, the big scuttlebutt this week on the Discord and amongst the comic book community at large was the sudden emergence 
of the Transformers and G.I. Joe universe on Skybound, which is an imprint out on Image Comics. It was uh, kind of sneakily put into a new book out on a Skybound called um, Void Rivals by your friend and mine, Bob, as I call him, or Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo De Felice. They did this kind of retro style two warring fractions of uh, space uh, people are marooned essentially on a planet. Uh, they have to work together to get off the planet, or they try to at least. Um, uh, it's kind of a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, uh, Scorpion the Frog situa- situation. Uh, and in doing so, they come across, I think his name's like Jetstream or something. Is a It's a transformer that looks like an airplane. Um, it was really cool. I, I'll admit I'm not the biggest Transformers uh, historian. I know that they are robots, and I know from time to time they are in disguise. Uh, sometimes as a truck, sometimes as an airplane, and sometimes as uh, a boombox. Um, I, as a kid, I loved that because the toys were, you know, little things you could just um, unfold and refold into robot and or truck. And that was hours of entertainment for me, which uh, made it easier for my parents to live their lives as um, humans of this earth. Um, so th- I'm sure they were thankful for that. And um, so everyone was kind of uh, thrown off by that because... Previously, Transformers and G.I. Joe were on the IDW publisher, but Hasbro kind of didn't renew the contract there, and it was uh, uh, shrouded in mystery where these properties were going to go, and we finally know now that they are on Skybound. Um, Robert Kirkman is calling this uh, the Energon universe, and he's describing it as kind of like an ultimate-style soft reboot. Uh, the Ultimates is like, a, you probably know, on Marvel it's uh, It was a huge success, <laughs> widely accepted huge success as a soft reboot, uh, kind of an alternate reality for Marvel. And so that's kind of Robert Kirkman, Robert Kirkman's approach to this uh, new franchise. He said that um, they're going to be doing some retelling of origins of some uh, kind of classic storylines, G.I. Joe and Transformers alike. So there will be some familiar stories that we uh, are accustomed to. There are going to be some returning characters that we know and love. Maybe they have different origins than what we're used to. Maybe the stories play out a little differently now in the Energon universe. Um, And as someone who's not completely um, invested in any Transformers lore or history, that sounds pretty fun to me. Sounds like an easy way to get into a fun new universe. Uh, anytime you have Robert Kirkman's name attached to anything, it's usually a slam dunk or touchdown, whichever sport analogy you want to attach to that. So I'm excited. A lot of other people are excited. I assume you listening are at least at the, the lowest level intrigued by what this could be. Um, at the end of Void Rivals, that kind of laid out the um, groundwork for what we're going to be expecting. So, of course, we have Void Rivals. uh, And then Transformers, out in October, is by Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, If if there was ever anyone who was going to be able to give heart and soul 
to lifeless machinery that is from uh, another planet filled with machinery that is uh, uh, anthropomorphized. It's DWJ. If, if you're not familiar, go read Murder, Murder Falcon. Go read uh, Do a Powerbomb. Um, the guy just, you know, kicks you right in the heart with a steel toe boot. And uh, it's the only instance when I thanked a person for making me so emotional while reading a comic book. Um, he has this amazing way of orchestrating these uh, epic tales of uh, fun and action and uh, just general good times, all the while kind of setting you up for this emotional, you know, rug sweep of you just falling into a pit of sadness uh, and you're you're having the greatest time while tumbling into depression. It's 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 really awesome. And so to see Daniel Warren Johnson attached to Transformers is really exciting. His art style uh, is dynamic. His action sequences are you know bar none. So a, a huge a huge uh, addition to the roster with uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, also, we have in the G.I. Joe portion of this announcement from Robert Kirkman, we have Duke out in, uh, I think, December. And Duke is like a, the, I don't know if he's like the head of the G.I. Joe, but he's definitely like one of the main G.I. joe people. And helming that is Joshua Williamson and Tom Riley. Now, both of those names should make your ears perk up because uh, they have been uh, long uh, tenured folks in the comic book industry that have been vetted time and time again, know how to write a fucking story, know how to illustrate a book, um, and to have that as the premier, I guess they're going to be the good guy portion of the G.I. Joe universe. universe. Duke is part of the good guys, um, is super exciting. So I'm really excited to see that play out. And then on the uh, other side of that coin, the bad guy side of the coin, we have Cobra Commander number one coming out in January, also written by Joshua Williamson and Andrea Milana. Um, this is like, okay, so how so how Robert Kirkman described all this is like, this is, you know, like a soft reboot. So this is basically the um, emergence of Cobra. Um, it hasn't existed yet. And actually, the G.I. Joe, uh, uh, I guess, group didn't exist either. Uh, the Transformers, I guess, just got to Earth or have been there uh, like hiding in the dirt like dinosaur fossils. And so these uh, two factions are basically formed because of the uh, emergence of the Transformers on Earth. So, um, like I said earlier, great time to get into the Transformers G.I. Joe universe if you were uh, Transformers curious, I guess, before all this, and you were looking at all the comic books that had come before it, and you were like, no damn way am I going to try to get invested in all of that. Uh, now you can't. Now you have no other reason not to besides uh, being poor. Um, and that's really not an excuse anymore. So get out there. Get excited. Um, sounds like Robert Kirkman is, you know, this is going to be his next grand opus. I don't know how long, you know, he's going to be doing Void Rivals. The Void Rivals is kind of like a new unknown entity 
into this Energon universe, they're not going to be really attached to much. I think they're going to be just bipping and bopping from planet to planet, just doing their own little melodramatic sci-fi thing, which is also cool. Um, it's also been announced that two other secret Transformer G.I. Joe miniseries are also to be announced at a later date. Um, as of this recording, they have not been announced, but um, you know, be on the lookout for that. I can't even imagine what else is going to be. Maybe uh, the Wacky Racers from Hanna-Barbera be, is being thrown in. I don't know. But uh, if if these creators are any indication, it, Skybound is definitely investing in this property, and they really wanted to uh, connect with readers. So uh, it's worked on me already because I'm excited to check it out, and uh, I don't know anything about them besides the movies aren't great, and they are robots that can transform into other things that are not robots. So I'm, I'm ready to be educated. My mind and body are open to new experiences. Moving on. Uh, it was recently announced that Raphael Grandpa is doing a new black label book for DC called Batman Gargoyle of Gotham. Uh, it is coming out in September of this year. It is Batman on the hunt of a serial killer on the loose in Gotham. Uh, but there's a twist. Oh, there's always a twist when it comes to Batman stuff. The murders that this serial killer is committing is not only connected with the style of killing and like the people connected to the killings, that, like the people that are the victims of the killings, but it's also somehow wrapped up in Batman's life. Uh, himself, like like the, these people also know Batman or Bruce Bruce Wayne in a way, so it's alluded to that this serial killer somehow either knows Batman or knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. So get ready, strap in. Uh, they recent they released some uh, preview pages of what this book is going to look like with the announcement uh, from DC, and holy shit, uh, it is. Uh, beautiful and horrific and uh, jaw-droppingly horrifying. Uh, so uh, nothing else to be expected from Raphael Grandpa. He is an amazing artist, uh, iconic. He's probably on many, many people's, like, um, I want I almost said Statue of Liberty of comic books, but it's uh, the Mount Rushmore of comic books. Yeah, I guess, I guess we should have a discussion about that on the Patreon. What would the Statue of Liberty of Comics be? Who, who would the person be? So if you have any ideas of who that would be, go to Twitter and add us and uh, tell us who you think the, the Statue of Liberty of comic books would be. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear, but uh, Raphael Grandpa is definitely um, uh, an iconic uh, name in the comic book industry. So uh, I'm very excited to read that. I know Vargas is as well. He sent the image in our... Uh, first issue club text chain and just a lot of exclamation points and expletives uh, followed that. So um, yeah, he's definitely eager to talk about that book. So we will probably cover it once it is dropped in September. Uh, also a new book coming out. Kelly Thompson's uh, Captain Marvel has finally finished with issue 50. It was an amazing run by an amazing creative team. Uh, and Marvel recently announced the new team to take over after Kelly Thompson's exit, and it will be Alyssa Wong and Jan Bazadula. 
Uh, it's also toted that uh, Carol is getting a new uh, superhero outfit courtesy of Jen Partel. Uh, and they released the picture of it. And it's a dope costume. I'm, I'm not one to, uh, you know, make fun of someone's superhero costume. But it looks like, you know, Captain Marvel is in like a marching band outfit with uh, a sash and like a really cool jacket. The sleeves are pushed up. Uh, you know, she got this kick-ass ponytail. So it it's it's very cool. I'm I'm always you know you get worried when you see superheroes with um, like a cape or some kind of item that can get snagged on something, and it just seems like this coat is gonna just get in the fucking way. Uh, that's why most superheroes you know lean towards leotards. Uh, I get it, aerodynamic, not really anything to grab onto. Uh, looking at this, you know, albeit incredible costume design by Jen Partel. Uh, just if I was a uh, an arch enemy of Captain Marvel, uh, just so many things to just latch onto and to use against her. But that being said, uh, Captain Marvel Carol Danvers is possibly the strongest superhero in the Marvel Universe. So good luck any arch enemy trying to uh, use that costume against her. I doubt you'll even get close enough to do so. So um, be on the lookout for that new series. I believe it is also coming out in September or sometime in the fall. Uh, so um, anyway, yeah, that's cool. What else? Oh, sorry. It's coming out in October. Doi. Um, what else is going on? Oh, the Flash movie came out. Um, it, I recently was on the Short Box podcast with Botter and Ed talking about uh, Flashpoint, the comic book series by Jeff Johns, uh, and how it was how the movie was taking bits uh, of that series and making it into a movie. If you want to hear that episode, go to the Short Box podcast on any of your podcast listeners check out that episode i rave about the comic and i am apprehensive about the movie and apparently um, everyone else in america was as well because the opening numbers were much much lower than anticipated uh to the chagrin i'm assuming of warner brothers uh they wanted this probably to be a you know a fun little in cap to their Zack snyder um universe that they've created that didn't do exactly what they wanted uh so uh, you know the last hurrah was kind of a fizzle uh james gunn is coming in pretty soon to rework everything they the talk on the town was that some elements from this movie may lead into other parts of james gunn's dc universe that's yet to be seen um uh, I, I haven't seen the movie yet. I don't know if I will, if I'm being honest, just because uh, Ezra Miller is kind of a turd. And I know people have made the point that Ezra Miller isn't the only person getting paid or in the movie. Uh, that's fine. Uh, everyone else has been paid already, I guess, is my thing. Like, I, I'm not going... I'm not. I'm not going to go see the movie because I know because I think it'll hurt Ezra Miller's paycheck. 
because he's already been paid. Everyone that has worked on the movie has already been paid. When you work on a movie, you don't get your paycheck held until the movie gets released to see how much money it gets made. Um, so I don't really hold much water to that argument. Uh, I'm not going to see the movie because he kidnapped people and uh, assaulted people and uh, maybe started a cult and you know held people as sexual captives uh, and you know that this is just me not really one to support that kind of behavior um, so I'm just gonna say no thanks and um, just read all the spoilers online and there weren't even any really good ones so anyone to each their own if you do want to see it I'm not gonna hold it against you this is just me voicing my SJW Democrat bleeding heart cuck opinion. I don't want to go see it because that dude makes me super uncomfortable. Um, anyway, the movie is not doing great. Uh, even Michael Keaton himself couldn't uh, write the ship of the Flash movie. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I, w- I would be interested to hear from you guys if you have seen it, you know. Get at us on Twitter. I want to hear your thoughts about the Flash movie. Um, and I want to hear your thoughts on Ezra Miller. Um, do you think he's as crazy as I do? Because he's, he's this guy's fucking insane. And he was allowed to make the movie anyway, which is just nuts. It was just nuts. Folks, if I can just go on a tangent here. He, he was starting a cult, and he was keeping people prisoner. He, I think he broke into someone's house and, like, beat them up. And, like, he kept Hawaii, like, at ransom for, like, a year. And, like, I, I know I know we all kind of did things that we don't usually do when the pandemic was happening. We all kind of, you know, we're in this weird space. Uh, I didn't hold anyone prisoner, you know? I didn't I didn't go to a karaoke bar and then throw a chair at the owner of the karaoke bar. Like we have to uh hold people to, you know, a higher standard of uh not acting like a fucking buffoon uh, all the time. And I I don't think we're doing that with Ezra Miller uh to be honest. Anyway, I will get off my high horse that is standing on my soapbox and just move on. From there, um, and that is the news portion of this short episode that we are doing. Uh, we, I, I say, as the royal we, because it is just me, Greg, in the studio. Um, if you're just joining us, uh, Mike D and Andy have gone missing. If you have any information on their whereabouts, please let us know. I'm getting worried. Um, the book that I covered, well, I covered, so I read Void Rivals, but I kind of discussed that earlier in the episode. Uh, it was cool, and it was an, it was a sneaky way to introduce Transformers. Said and done. I I'm, I hope that, like, Robert Kirkman got that out of the way for Void Rivals, because he mentioned that uh, Void Rivals is just going to be its own thing. Yes, it's in the Energon universe, but these two characters are going to be kind of doing their own separate journey. It's these two warring people that look like robots, but they're just like people in like really futuristic spacesuits. 
at the end of the book, they end up just like taking their masks off just to talk to one another. And whoa, shocker, they look like one another. They each have like a diamond in their forehead. And so uh, it's, a, it's a tale as old as time. Enemies suddenly realize that, hey, we're not so different after all. Uh, so I think this will be a uh, book about healing and learning about the world around you and that it's not so small after all, or that it is small after I don't know. Big, small, it's all relative. Uh, this will be, I think, like just a melodramatic vintage sci-fi story about these two people traveling to random planets, meeting random civilizations and creatures. Um I'm I'm in for it. I I love Robert Kirkman. You know, Walking Dead was good. Um, Oblivion song, Firepower, like uh, the uh, love him or hate him. If you hate him, I don't fucking get it. But the the gentleman, Doctor Bob, comicologist, uh, knows how to write a fucking hit, and to maintain the fire of said hit. Uh, it just speaks to his legacy. So uh, I will continue to read Void Rivals. I'm actually probably more excited to read that than any of the Transformers G.I. Joe stuff because it is rooted in its own shit. It doesn't have to like be beholden to previous um, continuity or you know, uh, previous iterations. So that's the most fun to me. Speaking of previous bullshit and iterations and former franchises, I also, for this episode, read Battle Chasers number 10. Whoa! Okay, stop screaming at your podcast listening device. I get it. We're first issue club. And we're covering a number 10? Uh, I'm I'm confused, too. I'm right there with you, folks. It kind of has a 1 in it, but there's that pesky 0 right after it. So it's technically a number 10. Why are we covering it? Well, because it's kind of a unique situation. If you don't know already, Battle Chasers came out in the late 1900s. Um, right around the time where Image was uh, having its big boon. You know, people were all about it. And uh, it was the hot new publisher on the scene. Um, and so it was written by Joey Mads, as we call him. And it was this like classic fantasy-esque style book um, that, well, okay, let's be honest. The real hook was sexy drawings. It, there was a lot of um, pretty people in it, we'll say. And so uh, it went from issue one to nine. Uh, and then just stopped like huge cliffhanger on number nine and then hasn't hasn't been discussed hasn't been uh, hinted at for like 20 goddamn years and then out of nowhere it was announced that it was coming back and uh, it's gonna be ongoing for as long as they can they may do like five issues and then cliffhanger again and then in 20 years from now I'll be talking about how Battle Chasers is coming back again on First Issue Club um, you'll probably be listening to it in the metaverse or some kind of virtual reality um, I hope I look better in 20 years from now uh, so I can't wait to cover Battle Chasers number 16 in 20 years anyway Battle Chasers number 10 is it worth it? 
Uh, not if you haven't read Battle Chasers 1 through 9, because uh, it just picks right up where number 9 ended. And if you haven't read the previous uh, chapter, you're fucked. I'm sorry. Uh, there's a, uh, There's like a page that describes the characters for you and a page that describes like uh, what has happened before that. It's not enough. It's just, it's just not enough. I know we like to cover books here that are encouraging to new readers. New readers, I have failed you on this one because it's not for new readers. It is for hardcore fans of Battle Chasers, uh, which makes sense. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault the book for doing that. But if you are interested in it, which if you're not, <laughs> then don't worry about it. But if you are interested in checking it out, you probably should read 1 through 9. Um, I know that Mike D and I were big fans of this book when we were growing up. Yes, we are 80 years old. Um, so when he, they come back next week, they're going to be we're probably going to be talking about it a lot more. Um, so just be forewarned that uh, there is a lot of hype for the book but only because it's like a returning franchise from so long ago. Uh, but anyway, it, it, it was fun for what it was. It was nice to see the return to the uh, illustrating style that was popular in the 90s, which is like exaggerated uh, everything. Like every feature is like Stretch Armstronged uh, to, the, to the nth degree. Um, but what can I say? It was a vibe, baby. Uh, and it was it was it satiated me back then with my Jinko jeans and my Airwalk shoes, uh, listening to Macy's Playground, reading my Battle Chasers. Uh, you had to be there. It was great. The internet wasn't a thing, so um, it was cool. <laughs> um, uh, so I guess that just that wraps it up for this episode. It was going to be a shorty because it's just me, and I can only talk so long. By myself without feeling like a crazy person. Um, thank you for sticking it out with me and enjoying the uh, sh- these the spectacle of me free associating for about thirty minutes. Holy shit! Um, I promise you, this will never happen again. And Mike D and Andy will be back next week. Um, get at us on Twitter. Tell us what you read. Go to patreon.com slash first issue club. Check out the other episodes and videos that we have there with other people besides me. And um, just be nice to one another. Be cool. Um, remember to bag and board all your treasures. And the I would be remiss if I didn't say our catchphrase that Mike D says every episode. Uh, we are the first issue club. And just like Sue Storm... We love a good read. Bye-bye, babies. <laughs>